to the fellowship. I am excited to be here all September. I have been celebrating with my church family our 65th church anniversary. So shout out to my home church, New Prosperity, and my great pastor, R.M. Pittman. Now listen, I have the honor of preaching on the third Sunday of September, which is our Founder Sunday. Also, not only were we celebrating collectively the 65 years, but personally, I was celebrating 18 years of preaching. Not everywhere, but preaching at my church, okay? (laughs) So I was super excited um, about the assignment of preaching. And so God used me, thank you, Lord, to encourage the body of Christ. And the title sermon is The Doctor is In, and it's coming from the book of Luke, Dr. Luke, okay? Anybody that needs healing, deliverance, or you're having uh, sickness or whatever as far as health, I suggest reading the book of Luke. Look at a doctor and get some recommendations from the specialist, Jesus Christ, amen? We have plenty of prayer requests to praise reports. People are being healed. People are coming out of hospitals, having successful surgeries. People are getting new jobs. Okay? So if you have a prayer request, don't be shy and don't suffer in silence. Reach out to us at the fellowship. However you're listening, uh, comment or inbox me. And we will get that prayer sent up to you because God is trying to show his people something. And we would love to share your praise report. If you would like to share a praise report, inbox me, email me, all of that. You can reach me at evangelistandy at gmail.com. 
Now, I want you to have an open heart and an open mind in listening to a familiar passage, but get this new revelation, okay? It is about the woman with the spirit of infirmity, and she had it for 18 years. So I want you to be encouraged, disciples. Please, please listen to this the whole way through because you will find some revelation, some answer that will encourage you. And I encourage everyone not only to go to church virtually, but get your body into a sanctuary and into the presence of God. All right, listen to the sermon. <laughs> I don't want to re-preach it. But let me just say this on behalf of Holy Spirit. Um, if you can still go to the grocery store and we know they pop off there, you can get into the presence of God. If you still go to the movies and we know they pop off there, you can get into the presence of God in the sanctuary. And if y'all that's from Metro Detroit still riding up and down seven mile better mile after old boy done popped off the other Sunday, you can get into the presence of God. There is no excuse. No excuses, okay? <laughs> I love y'all. <laughs> Reach out to me anytime if you need to talk, you need counseling, you need to vent, you need some guidance, wisdom, knowledge, or understanding. Check us out on Facebook for now. And I say for now because Facebook, mm, it's been giving us trouble. <laughs> so there will be a shift. So stay tuned for that announcement of where we're shifting to because I have several different options and I'm trusting God to lead us the way that we should go. Again, I love you all so much with the love of the Lord. Go forth, be great in God, and walk in your purpose. Have a great day, y'all. It's time for the word of God. And the word will be coming from the book of Luke. And the 13th chapter, starting with the 10th verse. Amen. Now it's our custom that we stand during the reading of the word. Luke 13, verse 10. We're going to read to the 17th verse. Amen. Luke 13, 10 through 17. Amen. When you have it, I need you to stretch your vocals out and say amen. 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 And God's living word reads as follows. And he, being Jesus, was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. He was at church on Sunday. Yeah, all right. And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bowed together and could in no wise lift up herself. Verse 12, and when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said unto her, woman, thou art loose from thine infirmity. And he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight. Somebody say immediately. And glorified God. Verse 14, and the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation. He was being mad. Because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day. 
and said unto the people, There are six days in which men ought to work. In them, therefore, come and be healed, and not on the Sabbath. Verse 15. The Lord then answered him and said, Thou hypocrite, mm -hmm. doth not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or his donkey from the stall, and led him away to watering? And ought not this woman, being the daughter of Abraham, whom Satan hath bound low these 18 years. Be loose from this bound on the Sabbath day. Verse 17. And when he had said these things, all his adversaries were ashamed. And all the people rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. May the Lord add a blessing to the readers, hearers, and doers of his holy word. I came to encourage everybody in the body of Christ that whatever it is, the type of healing that you seek, the doctor is in on today. Amen? Somebody say the doctor is in. You can have your seat in the presence of the Lord. Amen? Man, this world is crazy. Like, I remember pre-pandemic growing up, everybody in the world was so materialistic. Like, they lived by the cream creed, written by that clan named Wu-Tang. Cash rules everything around me. And then there were some people who were locked up by the lifestyle of the locks. And that little girl named Lil' Kim, where they lived by money, power, respect, is the key to life. Then the virus came and the pandemic popped off and now everybody has this health is wealth mentality. I mean, and all these doctors, we didn't know if we want to listen to Dr. Fawcett or Dr. Sadie. Now listen, even I, I was steaming too. I was up here like, listen, I'm gonna get vitamin C, D, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, P, because my goal was to survive the unsurvivable. And even this year, as I approached <clears throat> 40, uh, I had this, don't laugh too hard. <laughs> I approached 40 and I had my own health scare. I went from praising and worshiping in this very sanctuary on a Sunday to being hospitalized, examined, x-rayed, and exhausted. And you know, I was telling people when I got out, like, that was the best sleep that I ever got when I was in the hospital. And they was like, what? I was like, yes, I finally got a rest. I took a long nap, and I got me some sleep. I was so tired. I mean, God had been sending so many assignments to me in the pandemic. At first, he was like, cover my people. So I started making masks, and everybody got cute and covered. He was like, cover my people. I was like, who ready for midnight miracles? He was like, cover my people. I was like, where the street disciples at? But then I realized I had given so much to everybody all the time, being so available that I had nothing left for myself. So then after they did all that poking and prodding and diagnosing, they dismissed me and discharged me and handed me a packet. Right? 
On top of the packet, in bold black print, all caps, it said, we suggest you get a second opinion and look at one of our specialists. So I made the appointment, but it was in the far, far future. Like it was six months away. So what am I supposed to do in the meantime, in between time, when I wait for these earthly doctors to finally see me? I went and got a second opinion. I went and looked at Dr. Luke, and I consulted Dr. Jesus. And that's how we find ourselves in the 13th chapter. We're looking at an examination from the resident, Dr. Dr. Luke, and the specialist, Dr. Jesus. Now what you have to understand is one thing to make an appointment is a whole nother thing to actually show up. Because a lot of us make an appointment. But we don't put it in the calendar and say, this is the day that I'm going to go to this doctor. We wait for them to send us a reminder about what's going on with us. That's why Jesus makes the appointment for this woman. Now listen, up until this point, according to the resident Luke, Jesus has 16 healing appointments. Out of the 16 healing appointments, four of them took place on the Sabbath. Out of the four, two of them popped off in the synagogue. Now the first time that Jesus healed on the Sabbath, it was in chapter 4. He popped up for pop-up church and then the demons saw him and popped out and started popping off. They was like, Jesus, we know who you are, the one true son of God. What have we to do with you? Did you come to destroy us? And Jesus stepped up like a boss and he said, shut your mouth. Hold your peace. See, that's the problem. You so used to turn the other cheek, Jesus, but I serve the guy that'll come and tell you to hush your mouth. He has a word for you, but you got to get in his presence. Now listen, after Jesus had the demon get out this man, the Pharisees that were there, they didn't say nothing about it being the Sabbath or that he was in the church. What they said is, what manner of man is this? What power and authority does he have to command an evil spirit to come out of a man and it obey? So we're going to look at three PowerPoints about when you get into the presence of God. The first PowerPoint is there's power in his presence. The second thing, there's power in his palms. And the third thing, there's power in his protection. Y'all ready to go? The first thing, there's power in his presence. Luke introduces us and he sets the scene of the doctor's office. In verses one, in verses 10 and 11, he gives us the basic intake information. Will you ever been to emergency? You gotta fill out a form or speak to somebody at the desk. So Luke tells us in verse 11, when you come in, they ask you, what's your name? According to the verse, name unknown. So next, they ask, how do you identify? And he says, a woman. Then they ask, well, what brings you in on today? Which had a spirit of infirmity. Then they ask you, how long it's been going on? She said, 18 years. 
show mobility to see what's going on, how bad it is, and was bowed together and could in no wise lift herself up. But the appointment never begins until the doctor steps in the room. Verse number 12, and when Jesus saw her. The only way the doctor can see you is if you actually show up to his appointment. You have to get into the presence of God. Not in the presence of pastor. Not in the presence of the deacons. You have to get into the presence of God because there's power in his presence. The Bible says that glory and honor are in his presence. Strength is in his presence. The things that you've been seeking on the outside, God is telling you, come into the inside. Now listen, I'm not dissing nobody on virtual. Because of the 16 times, six times, Jesus sent the word. But when you come into his presence, you get extra presence. So we're not telling you to come into the presence for us. We're telling you to come into his presence for you. When you get into his presence, you're able to stand the hottest fire that there ever was. Because the Bible says when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were in the fiery frame, Nebuchadnezzar said, well, I see four. And the fourth one was like the Son of God. When you get into his presence, it's only in his presence that you can walk on water. Come here, Peter. You're able to do the things that nobody else is able, supposed to do. When you get into his presence, there's something about the presence of God. See, it was in the presence of God that Moses got chose. Listen, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the scribes, they love Moses. It was in the presence of God and the burning bush where Jesus, God said, listen, come into this place. Take off your shoes. Why? Because this is holy ground. Listen, but you got to get into his presence. This is not something that I can see in you. You have to come, show your diligence, and then you get your reward. Because he is a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. Listen, virtual, I'm not talking about the people that ain't able. I'm talking about the people who are able. This is your challenge. Let's call it the able challenge. If you are able to get into the sanctuary, get into his presence, you need to come on because God got something for you right here in his presence. I'm talking to y'all too. Y'all need to text somebody. Tell them to get into his presence because the joy that you're looking for is right here in his presence. It's not in the presence of pastor. It's in the presence of God. It's not in my presence. It's in the presence of God. It is only in the presence of God that you can power up. You know, you've been out here all week long, giving all week long. Now you tired and exhausted. Anytime a light is about to go out, it's time for you to add some acceleration. If it's a fire, you need to add lighter fluid. <laughs> Somebody needs to be set on fire. You have to get into the presence of God. It is through his presence and her presence of showing up that Jesus actually saw her. As someone who almost slept away this year, 
It is so good to be seen and not viewed. Listen, 18 years, she came in that church Sunday after Sunday, bent over, couldn't lift herself up. I bet you they was like, look, there she go right there. Look at her, look at her. I don't know why she keep coming up in here. They just wanted to view her, but nobody wanted to see her. God sees the true pain that you are going through. He sees you on Monday when you're crying in your closet. He sees you on Tuesday when you're thinking about committing suicide. He sees you on Wednesday, thank God for word on the go. He sees you on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and this Sunday. He saw her in front of the people. Ain't it something when God bless you in front of the people? Ain't it something when he bless you in front of your haters? Ain't it something when he bless you in front of your obstacles? Ain't it something when he bless you despite it all? It doesn't matter how long you've had your infirmity. All that matters is that this appointed time, Jesus is there. The doctor is in on today. So she gets into his presence and we see that he sees her. Now it's one thing when they call your name. You go in the room. Resident look at you. Now the doctor come in. Here's the difference between a resident and an actual specialist. The resident is looking at your symptoms. The specialist has the cure. The resident is looking at your symptoms. The specialist has the cure. Verse number 12. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him. Now that you're in his presence, you have to have an ear to hear. You didn't come just to be seen. You came for a word. You didn't come just to say, Pastor, I was here when you went. You came for a word. Jesus called her. We ain't talking about what they called her for 18 years. We're not talking about what the kids called her. Why she bent over like that, Mama? What's wrong with her? We're talking about what the master who has all power calls your name. After he calls you, you better come. See, that's where some of us at. He done called us several times. We screening for Jesus like we screening for telemarketers. You better answer the call when Jesus calls your name. Because when he says, come unto me, that's when you know you in there. The fact that he sees you is one part. But when he calls you closer, y'all too far. You need to come closer. You too far back there. You in the sanctuary, but what you need is in the first four rows. Who got faith enough that since I came through, I might as well get closer. There's a word from God. Y'all ain't faith up enough. Nobody move. All right. All right. All right. We gonna get you there. Uh, so after he calls her, she came close. Now the specialist says, yes, she's a woman. He said that she had a spirit of infirmity. But here, Jesus reveals she didn't have the spirit, but the spirit had her. It, he said, woman, thou art loose. You're not in control if you bound. You're not in control if you tied up and wrapped up. The resident said she had the spirit. Jesus said the spirit 
part loose. See, God sees your true, true issues. See, man look on the outside. He just saw she was bent over. It was because of the spirit of infirmity. But Jesus saw her and said, no, this thing has her bound. And then he takes it further. And it says, and he laid his hands. Let me read it again. Verse 13. And he laid his hands on her. Now see, y'all didn't get excited because you forgot about the power of his palms. See, these are the same hands that had been laid six times before. And I know she heard about how Jesus did it. Let me get you excited because the first time that Jesus ever physically laid hands to heal, he healed the multitude, yeah. the people that actually yeah. showed up, uh -huh. the people that came yeah. to be in his presence, right. the people that came to hear his call, yeah. the people that came to hear his word. Is you part of the multitude? Yeah. Jesus showed up today for each and every one of you. He's calling you. He says, thank you for getting in my presence, but now you have to hear and answer my call. So he lays his hands on her. Six times he had laid hands before. <laughs> the first time was on the multitude on a Sunday. The second time he laid hands was on the leper. You know, the 10, yeah. but only the one that yeah. said, thank you. Who got a thank you when you were part of the multitude? Who got a thank you when you feel like a leper? Who got a thank you for touching me in the name of Jesus? Yeah. Oh my God, I feel you, Holy Ghost. The next time that Jesus laid hands, after the leper, he healed the multitude again. After the multitude, he laid hands and raised the dead of the widow's son who died. He raised him at his own funeral. Then the next time that Jesus laid hands, once again, he laid hands on the multitude. The next time that he laid hands, was on Jairus' daughter when everybody said that she was dead. Now, this part of the story, y'all know I love the woman with the issue. That's my girl. She touched Jesus. I did not count her in the six times because Jesus didn't touch her. She touched Jesus. So on this time, when Jesus touches Jairus' daughter, I know my mom can identify with this story. There have been times after going to, you know, the doctor, I thought it was just a pop-up illness that it just came upon me. But what I found out in talking to the specialist, this is something that has been going on for years in my life that I attributed to something else, but actually were factors to this one thing. One time my mom came home from work and I was asleep. That don't sound like a problem, right? But I left a pizza in the oven. And when she came in, the house was full of smoke. And you know, smoke rises. And I was on the top floor. And she tried to wake me. She started shaking me. My mama even slapped me. She put water on me. She could not wake me up. She thought that I was dead. It wasn't until, like, I heard her, but I couldn't lift myself up. Like, 
heard her, but I couldn't wake myself up. I heard her say, I'm called an ambulance if she don't get up in two seconds. And it wasn't when she said that, but when I heard her cry. It was the cries of my mother that made me say, Lord, let me go. I'm not ready to leave, Lord. I'm not ready for the long nap. I need to still do some things for you. I took a deep breath and I popped up. And my mama screamed and ran out the room. She said, listen, I don't know what power that was that you were able to raise when I literally thought that you were dead. But when you get a touch from Jesus, it doesn't matter what they say. They can count you out. They can say your relationship dead. But when God touches you, he can raise the dead. He can raise the dead. Some of y'all dead right now. He's trying to raise the dead. Come on here. Who is something about the palms of his hands? Listen, now that might not have excited you because that happened way back then. Over 2,000 years ago because it's in the Bible. The same guy of way back then is the same guy right now. Now, Jesus, when he did these things, he only had a little power. The thing we should be excited about is now when we go through, he has all power in his hands. Somebody roll with me. He got all power in his hands. He got the power to fix whatever got your face twisted in the name of Jesus. He has all power. All power. So then he goes, he lays his hands on her, and this is my favorite part, the next two words. And immediately. How many times you done prayed for immediately? It says when Jesus touched her and immediately. Not next week, not after church, but when he touched her in the moment, she was healed immediately. Uh, somebody needed an immediately. Raise your hand so he can touch you immediately. You want that thing to come through? You got to raise your hand. He want to high five and tap you in immediately. So immediately, he she gets healed, right? But the healing in his hands wasn't for the spirit of infirmity. He spoke to that thing, and it left. The laying of the hands was because of what was going on on the inside. She was already healed from the infirmity. But clearly, even though she was healed, she had not realized it yet. Some of us are healed, and we have not realized it yet. The Bible tells you we are healed. By his stripes, we are healed. Not that you're going to be, but that is already done. But sometimes somebody has to give you that confirmation. You know, we like to get confirmation 17 times before we believe that that was God. He immediately healed her from that, and then he laid his hands, and she was made straight. God trying to straighten some of us out. But we won't even let him lay his hands. God trying to, we like, ain't it good enough that I'm in your presence? No, you got to come closer. Ain't it good enough that 
that I heard you. Now you got to answer the instructions. Ain't it good that I heard your word and was set free? No, you got to let him lay his hands so you can get immediately. Ain't no use to saying right now, Lord, if he tell you what to do for right now, Lord, and you ain't willing to do it right now. You got to let him lay your hands. So after he lays hands, <laughs> you can't forget about his glory. Some of us have been healed, gotten out of places that they said they weren't going to let us out of. And yet we forgot to give God his glory. We forgot to praise him when we came in. We forgot to praise him on the way. You cannot forget to give God his glory. He inhabits the praises of his people. Sometimes you don't feel he's close because you haven't asked him to inhabit his people. All he asks is that you say amen. All he asks is that you say hallelujah. All he asks the ten lepers to do is just say thank you. You cannot forget to give him his glory. So after she glorifies him, <laughs> here come the Pharisees. The religious elite. He compacts them. Because it says it was the ruler of the synagogue. And he answered with indignation. That means he was mad. Right. He was big mad. Throw a cape on him because the brother was super mad. He was mad that how can this traveling evangelist come up in the building that I pastor in and tell somebody and heal people in front of the other people. And then he says, there are six days in which men ought to work. He was right. He was right. It was six days that men ought to work. It was six days that men ought to work. But this ain't just any man. This is the son of God. You got to recognize, you got to be careful about talking smart to God. Yeah, y'all heard that. Uh, so he says, there's six days in which men ought to work, and in them, therefore, come and be healed, and not on the Sabbath. 15, and the Lord then answered him and said, thou hypocrite. Now, we have heard the word hypocrite, right? We done called some people some hypocrites. Some of us have been called hypocrites. I got called a hypocrite this week. And I had to look up the word. <laughs> what do you mean I'm a hypocrite? In this context, the word hypocrite means pretender. It means actor. It means faker. So all them actors y'all like, including Denzel, according to the Bible, he is a hypocrite. <laughs> so he tells this actor, <laughs> listen, don't y'all Still care about y'all little animals? Right. If they was thirsty, you know, Peter, they care more about animals than people. He's like, don't y'all still take care of them? And why not I take care of this one who y'all watched for 18 years? Come in this building and not have any strength and let her leave out the same way she came in. Wow. But you want me to be like you when God is calling you to be like him. He says, now here's the debate. I got to address it because I'm a female preacher and it's an issue in the female preacher world. 
Many people get mad when women are compared to donkeys, okay? If you actually slow down and read the text, never did Jesus call this woman a donkey. He referred to her twice. The first time he referred to her by her original intent. He called her woman. The second time is in this verse when he's addressing other people about her. And he called her a daughter of Abraham. He never called her a donkey. But if we can be honest, we all done acted a donkey sometimes. And the good thing about Luke is, according to Luke, that Jesus can still use a donkey. It was on Palm Sunday where Jesus told the disciples, go and get that tied up donkey and bring him to me because I have need of him. Sometimes you might be a disciple today, but last week you was a donkey. And we thank God for the disciples that he sends to help set be a donkey. See, they saw a donkey, but Jesus saw Uber. He saw a vessel that he could ride inside of the holy city of Jerusalem. Doesn't matter what other people think you are. Doesn't matter what they call you. All that matters is how God uses you and what he has called you. We are a chosen priesthood. A right You better know exactly who you are. We are in the world, but we shouldn't be of the world. He has called us out of darkness into the marvelous light. Don't go back to the dark. They don't love you. God so loved the world that he gave unto us. All the world want to do is take, take your happiness, take your joy. They tried to take your savior, but thank God he got up. Amen? It ain't going to work when they try to come against And do my prophet no harm. You want to know who's anointed? He anointed you when he shed his blood. You ain't got to have a title. The only title that matters is believer. Who believes that he is who he said he is? Who believes that his presence is in the beat? Who believes he got the power in all his hands? Oh my God. So Jesus had a holy clap back and he got them together. But the good thing that you need to realize about the clapback, never once did it say the woman addressed the people. Only thing that mattered to her was getting in front of Jesus. She didn't care about the chaos around her. She only cared about the Savior. And this is where we come into the power of his protection. Listen, you ain't got to clap back to nobody. All you got to do is turn it over to Jesus. Tell Jesus like I tell him, Lord, you saw what they did? Handle my light work. Because I know that in his hands, he can fix it better than I can. Listen, Jesus said, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. He said, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. But yet, we allow demonic distractions to come into our lives and keep us bound, keep us tied up, keep us tangled up, and we can't even realize when we truly been healed. Thank God for Jesus. That he can transform himself 
from El Roa, the God who sees. And he can come and be your personal chiropractor and fix whatever monkey is on your back. God has power. Y'all thought chiropractors was new. Jesus did it first, amen? He laid his hands. So after that, then, you know, Jesus is like, I did that. <laughs> they didn't say nothing else. But it is through his interactions with the Pharisees that we realize why he had a target on his back. They brought up a law. They said, six days, man, should work. That law was Moses' law. It comes in Exodus 16, 20, 31, and 35. They bring it up a lot. That men should not work. But the key thing in every time they bring it up, it says, and they received the word from the Lord. So how are you going to tell God what he said? They came at him like, now nah, Moses said, no, the Bible says, the Lord said this. He gave it to Moses. And God has so much power that he has the right to change his mind. Uh, we need to be thankful that he changed his mind. Because if it wasn't for him changing his mind, Hezekiah would have got out of here. But he prayed to God, Lord, listen, I still got some business to do for you. And then the prophet came and said, God gave you 15 more years. Just a little talk with Jesus will make everything all right. Amen. Somebody got a witness to that? Just a little talk with Jesus. And so then here come the multitude. And all the people rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. Once again, you cannot forget to give God his glory. You have to give it to him even when times are good. See, it's, it's no problem when everything is going our way. But do you have the diligence, the determination, the consistency to continue to believe even when it don't add up to what you see? The point is God sees everything. He knew this day would come. He knows what lies ahead. And since we don't know, why don't we try trusting in the one that does know? Your doctor visit is over. And so he goes. He goes somewhere else and start blessing again. I didn't read them chapters. Y'all read it on your own. And so we learned as he kept going, those Pharisees did not stop. They didn't stop trying to attack him. And the good thing is that he was willing to sacrifice himself. Not just for the moment, but he sacrificed himself for you and I. He was willing and he was able when they marched him from judgment hall to judgment hall. He was willing and he was able when he picked up his cross and he walked it to the to Calvary, he was willing and he was able when he got on that cross and uttered his seven last sayings. He was willing and he was able when the last thing he said, into thy hands, I commend my spirit. Yeah. 
he was willing and able. When after three days, they thought they had him, JT. They thought that he was dead. But three days later, Jesus got up. And he didn't just get up, but he got up with all power in his hands. Now, my question is, who is willing and able to stand up in the name of Jesus? Give him his glory that you forgot to give him. Give him his glory that is due. All the honor and the praise for God is calling you. We thank God for his sacrifice. We thank him for getting up. And so since you came into his presence, he's calling you to come closer to him. He's calling you to be part of his true family, his spiritual family, the family that will never fight or break up because we are connected to the, to the king. The doors of the church are open. Just like the doors of your heart are open. Jesus says that he can heal you no matter what day it is. He can heal you on this very Sunday. When it comes to God, God's law supersedes man's law. For God loves us. He trusts that if he keeps on being who he said he is, that we'll grow closer to him. Trust him some more. Is there one who is willing and able? Amazon.com and purchase my 31-day motivational journal. Listen, this journal is more than just blank pages. This journal, you get out what you put in. This journal is more than <laughs> I could ever have imagined. Listen, each day in this 31-day journal has four key elements to it. Just like God's master plan had four key elements, so does this journal. The first element, it has a scripture and a word of the day. Something to encourage you, meditate on, and a daily focus. Next, it has words of encouragement. Just a little something for you to think about. <laughs> then there's a daily challenge. 
an activity to do and or write and you're not limited to just writing the pages are blank if you express yourself by drawing feel free again you get out of this book what you put in lastly it has a daily prayer to encourage uplift and motivate you if you are a fan or a subscriber or you like this podcast go to amazon.com and purchase encourage yourself 31 day motivational journal by yours truly evangelist andy now the picture of today's episode is the picture that you will see on amazon And I've gotten some feedback from people who have purchased already. And they're like, man, this is a good size book. I I can't wait to start. So get your start. This journal will take you on a journey to not only discover yourself and your purpose, but to also build your relationship with God. Listen. I always say, go forth, be great in God and walk in your purpose. And I had to walk it like I talk it. And so I wrote it to help you discover what your purpose is. And then from that point, it would jumpstart the rest of your year so that you can truly walk in your purpose with God. I love you all so much with the love of the Lord. Go forth, be great in God, walk in your purpose. 